Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So I wasn't actually planning on doing an episode on Christmas, but that game between the Warriors and Grizzlies was so dang entertaining. And the outcome, a 123-109 victory for your Golden State Warriors at Chase Center at home. Uh, it was uh, just extremely, extremely satisfying. You know, I talked to, in the last episode, I talked to uh, the dudes from the Grizz Den podcast, a Memphis Grizzlies podcast. And honestly, I said the very, very least that I want from this Warriors team in this game was to see them compete, was to see them rise up the way they did against the Celtics before Steph got hurt. And in this one, they, of course, didn't have Steph. Andrew Wiggins didn't come back. Draymond was iffy, but he ended up playing. Props to him. And uh, they did it. They rose up. And that's what you want to see. Because in a lot of the games, during that one in five road trip that they just came off of, they looked lifeless. They looked listless. And you know they didn't put up much of a fight. Those games became games where... You know, you were just looking for the little things. And those are important. And yes, they didn't have key guys. At least in this one, they got Dante DiVincenzo back. And, you know, I've said all season how important that dude is. And, um, you know, he gets more and more comfortable. Jordan Poole, he had a decent game. But with him, you know, I've always talked about his talked about his high variance and you get the good pool with the bad pool. The good pool was going off for 17 quick ones. But then having a turnover at the end of the first half and then getting a technical. And then in this one, getting a second technical and out of nowhere with a chunk of time left in the fourth quarter, getting ejected. Now, I wasn't too concerned, but you had to think like, okay, is this going to be a momentum swing? Uh, Pool is their most dependable guy right now who can get to the line. And that would have played out really, really interestingly if the Warriors vets, if guys like Dante DiVincenzo didn't come out onto the court and just lock things down as as veterans, you know? So overall, a very, very satisfying win. But, you know, you, you hope just like you hoped after the Celtics game that this was going to be the beginning of a trend. After the Celtics game, they, of course, hit the road. But now, in this case, the Warriors have a bunch of games that are pretty winnable, right? I'm not going to say like they're going to go 8-0 on this homestand. But after this, they get the Charlotte Hornets, the Jazz, the Blazers, the Hawks, the Pistons, Orlando, and then Phoenix at home. Some okay teams in there. Phoenix is pretty good, but those are all teams that I think the Warriors could rise up to and compete against. And this is the homestand that you really, really have to look at. This is where they can start really, really packing away some wins and honestly, actually getting above 500, getting a little bit of breathing room, some wiggle room there in order to hopefully get Steph back. After this homestand, they go to San Antonio, go to Chicago, which are two, again, winnable games. And then they get, then they go to Boston and Cleveland, then get Brooklyn at home, Memphis, Toronto. So they get some, you know, better teams. But in all honesty, that's when we're in January. And that's where 
I'm personally starting to look at, okay, is this team are they actually showing out to be who they are? And that's what we've been waiting for this whole time. We've seen little like hints of who they can be and who they are, but they haven't obviously strung it together. And there have been varying circumstances, right? After the the Celtics game, they ended up flat in Milwaukee. Uh, and then Indiana, Steph gets hurt and it just becomes like, you know, a wash after that. But now knowing Steph isn't going to be there, knowing that they're hopefully getting Wiggins soon. And that's an injury that you don't want to rush because if he's sitting out all these games, you better make those rest games or those rehab games or whatever, recuperation games, whatever you want to call them, count because uh, you don't want him to re-aggravate that thing and then have to sit out like another month or whatever. So this is a very, very good sign from the Warriors. The Grizzlies, they had been, you know, they just beat the Suns pretty handily. But again, Desmond Bain had just come back to the lineup we were lucky that we had this one at home because this is similar to the Celtics game in the sense that both the Grizzlies and the Celtics are young teams. Their best players are very young. And so coming into a place like Chase Center on the national stage, on the the Christmas Day stage, this is the first time the Grizzlies franchise has ever played on Christmas. You know, you were hopefully counting on that to maybe shake them a little bit. And it did. It did, I think. Clay Thompson did not have a good first half. And he fouled, I think, uh, uh, Tyus Jones at the end of the third quarter to give up three free throws. And then that's when Poole got his first technical. And I just got to say, like, Clay, he has this weird tendency this season to foul at the end of halves and at the end of games. He's done that at least a handful of times. And it's really, really just one of those things where I don't know if it's just like, you know, him having a bad game and then having the sense to, he needs to try harder and try to block a three pointer towards the end of a, uh, end of a half, because, you know, that's weird because that's a really hard shot percentage wise to block. And it's an easy way to get a foul called on you, but he keeps, doing that. That's just an observation and kind of uh, a bit of a, <laughs> of a frustration. But Clay did not shoot very well. He hit some big shots in the second half. And you could tell he had the fire. He was 8 for 25 in 40 minutes, only 3 for 12 from 3. Hit all five of his free throws. He had nine boards and four assists, plus 14, 24 on the night. And I've talked about how sometimes when Clay is not shooting well, and if he's a step slow defensively, that he sometimes doesn't give you enough else. But in this one, he was going after rebounds and assists. So, uh, And also, right, he has some history with the Grizzlies from last playoffs. And he got a technical for yelling at Dylan Brooks with like three minutes left after he made a two-pointer. Dylan Brooks hit the deck and Clay just, you know, bent down while he was running back and uh, shouted something at him. But, you know, he got a tech. I I love the competitiveness. I love the fire. And uh, I love it when it comes out with a win. Dante DiVincenzo, like I've talked about, you know, when we signed that dude over the summer, I was like, you know, okay, you let Gary Payton the second go, but Dante DiVincenzo, again, not the defender 
as as good of a defender as GP2. May not have the long arms or the crazy explosiveness, but he's an all-around better NBA player. He was seven for twelve in thirty-one minutes, five for nine from three. That's that's huge when Clay is shooting three for twelve. Uh, three boards, three assists, one steal, nineteen points. So this is one of those dudes when I talk about the rotation. Uh, one through nine, and that I feel like one through eight, it's pretty solid with DiVincenzo and Kaminga. I I see DiVincenzo as a guy who obviously has been there with the Milwaukee Bucks and just needs to be healthy, and he's somebody that can clearly contribute at both guard spots uh, in the postseason, in high-leverage, high-pressure situations. So like that's good to see. I just hope that he maintains his health all the way through uh, to the end of the season into the playoffs. Uh, Draymond Green, 35 minutes, one for three. His only shot was a three-pointer, uh, one for one. And he had 13 boards, 13 assists, plus 13 on, on the night, and three points only. Uh, that's the game you kind of love to see from that dude. You know, he loves to compete. And I guess we should not have been surprised that he played in this one because he loves the big stage. He's a big game player and they would not have won this game without him. I mean, he was so key in everything and he was critical on both ends of the court. And I don't know if the Warriors bring this much intensity if Draymond's not playing. So uh, that was a big deal. There were stretches in this game where the Warriors ran out the the young dudes, the three lotto picks all at once, Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, and Moses Moody. And for the most part, like those went well. You know, I actually like felt really, really proud of those dudes uh, to see them and to see them compete and not make too many mistakes. Kaminga had a decent game, 17 minutes, only one for two from the field, uh, five for eight from the line. Four boards, three assists, but he was plus 21 on the night, seven points. Moses Moody, he came off the bench four for seven in 17 minutes, one for three from three, uh, 10 points, two boards. So, you know, that's pretty good. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. Like, will James Wiseman actually be on this Warriors team by the end of the season? I hope so. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. The app is super easy to use. Just pop it open, do what you got to do, and you're good to go. Download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. James Wiseman, he's coming off that 30-point game in the 30-point loss to the Nets several days ago, and he only played eight minutes. He got no shots up, no free throws. He should have had two free throws, but Clay did the old, I'm going to step to the line and shoot the free throws. Usually the ref catches that, but they didn't. So Clay stole 
uh, Wiseman's free throws. So Wiseman, no shots at all, five boards, plus eight, one foul, zero points. That may not look like anything. People who really, really dislike James Wiseman and want to move him uh, will look at that and say, like, see, he didn't do anything. But, you know, it was clear, and I've talked about this in the past, how uh, sometimes Wiseman struggles against people closer to his size, against bigger dudes who are stronger than him and know how to use their heft. And so Kerr was clearly matching him up against Brandon Clark, the Grizzlies' backup center, power forward, who Wiseman is much bigger than. And Wiseman's doing all the right things. He looked good on defense. Uh, he was moving well. He was boxing out. The fact that he got five boards in eight minutes, I mean, that's a big deal for that dude. And I think overall, it's it's a positive. The fact that Kaminga was a plus 21, Wiseman was a plus eight, and uh, Moody was plus two. Those are all good signs for this team. Whenever they were inserted in the game, I kind of was like, you know, crossing my fingers, please <laughs> don't give up too much of these leads or lose the lead or anything. But they were solid. They were absolutely solid. I actually wasn't sure we would see much of those dudes in the second half because Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome were playing pretty well. And it was definitely a game that the Warriors could win. But Kerr, you know, inserted them. Lamb definitely came in before Kaminga and Wiseman, but you eventually saw those guys out there and they performed well. They were fine and they were good. So, you know, those are things that you look at and you say, okay, these are the steps. These are the positives. And we talk about reps for James Wiseman. Reps in a game like this that Wiseman had never played in before, right? Like, think about it. Wiseman has never played in a big, important game on national TV. Yes, he's, you know, played on, you know, ESPN and TNT and on ABC, but he's never played in a very, very pressure-packed game, and he played fine. He played well, and hopefully this is something that you can build upon. Again, I'm not going to overreact to this, but just think about some of the stuff I've said in recent episodes where maybe, maybe, maybe what you want to see from James Wiseman by the end of the season, come playoffs, maybe playing, but something where he can give, I've said, five to 10, maybe on a night where other guys are in foul trouble, maybe 12 minutes, you know, in the postseason, first round, second round, whatever, where he can just be solid. And this is exactly a game where he was solid. Okay. And we have three, four months, you know, to get him to where he needs to be. And is this a sign of things to come, right? Because the defensive issues, the rebounding issues, the, you know, seeing pictures and knowing where to be and thinking of the game. Those are the things I've talked about that have clicked with Jonathan Kaminga that we're hoping will click for James Wiseman. And I'm not saying it's clicked here, but this is a sign that at least he's more aware and his knowledge of the Warriors' systems, both on offense and defense, he's internalized those to some degree. But again, you want to see it more consistently. If he gets sent down to the G League, you know, so be it. Michael Green did not play. And I've talked about how I think Wiseman should 
eventually pass to Michael Green in the rotation by the end of the season. But in this one, you know, this is a big deal. So I just want to point that out because you're going to look at this. A lot of folks will look at this and say he didn't do much. But if you look at the Nets game where they lost by 30 and he scored 30 and you say, oh, he didn't rebound or defend very well, then you have to look at this game that they won against the Grizzlies at home by 14 and see that even though he didn't score or even shoot, that he did all those other things people said he couldn't do. Again, long way to go, but this hopefully is the start of it. And for those people who dislike James Wiseman, then, hey, (laughs) this is just adding to his trade value. And I'll keep saying that until the trade deadline uh, passes or he actually gets moved. So everyone should hopefully want to see Wiseman out there because uh, it's the reps and it's showcasing him and all that kind of stuff. So solid from those dudes. And I just got to say, Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome, you know, I have talked about how I don't want to see those dudes on the court. I don't enjoy seeing them because I feel like the the younger dudes and the lotto picks should be getting as much run as possible. But honestly, those guys keep hitting shots and keep playing pretty well. Anthony Lamb, 17 minutes, four for five from the field, three for four from three, three boards, one assist, two steals, 11 points. Ty Jerome, 22 minutes, six for nine, two for four from three. Four boards, one assist, one steal, plus 23 on the night. The highest plus minus, 14 points. Without those guys, also, this team does not sniff this victory. So, you know, I'll give credit where credit is due. Uh, Again, I would hope that the younger dudes can eventually pass them up. But, you know, these guys are shooting their shots and they're making them. You know, they're not out there just jacking stuff up. Yes, I want to see Ty Jerome pass to James Wiseman more or to somebody else. But, you know, it, uh, they're doing what they need to do. At the end of the day, bottom line, this was a solid, solid victory. And the difference between this one and the Celtics game, besides Steph being out, is now instead of going on the road against a team like they played, like the Milwaukee Bucks right after the the Celtics game, they have a chunk of games at home. So home cooking always does an NBA team good, especially this one, hopefully, because they're a 13 and two at home and three and 16 on the road. <laughs> so uh, take advantage of this opportunity and fingers crossed, fingers crossed, right? Like there was a lot of hand wringing during the road trip recently and some of that was deserved but you know like i'd said it was going to get ugly with steph out but what you're hoping for is that these guys learn how to win without him we saw them in the raptors game on the road show some of that and then they kind of fell back some guys got sick uh and uh, were out of the lineup but this is a chance to show it consistently and to ease some of the concerns that a lot of people have uh, about where this team is going. If they can really shore up, like what you saw from some of these supporting guys, Dante DiVincenzo, I mean, he's not going to get 31 minutes on the regular, but to see him step up and even, you know, the Jeromes and the Lambs of the world, but then also, again, Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody 
really, really just uh, be solid, hold on to those leads, or at least keep the score <laughs> relatively the same, you know, not to cough up leads or not to fall too far back behind. That's what you want from that second unit first, right? By the end of the season, you're hoping for more. But right now, let's see if these guys can really, really continue to do some of what they showed in this one. If Wiseman ends up going back to the G League, then he'll get more reps. I think, you know, again, hopefully uh, he'll stick a little bit longer and get some minutes, some better minutes against some of these lesser teams. But I guess it all depends on if Jermichael Green comes back soon or how Kerr perceives Wiseman and how best to to get him some more developmental minutes. But anyway, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show, on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs.